0: And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Welcome
1: everybody inside to another episode of the It's Always Draft Season podcast powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Jake Schavink here, as always with me, Mason Thompson. How you doing, my man?
2: Doing fantastic. Ready to talk some defense finally.
1: Yeah, we're moving over to the defensive side of the ball, and we are sitting here four days away as of recording from the draft. Draft Week's here. It's exciting. And defense is gonna kind of dominate the draft, I feel like, especially at the top. So we're gonna get to talk about a lot of these guys. We're gonna be rolling through the front seven in this episode. We're gonna talk some defensive linemen, edge rushers, and some linebackers as well. Mason, we're gonna go D-line first, and what what jumps out at you most? from this class in general? I mean, it's similar to last
2: year where it's not very, like, good per se. Obviously, you've got Jordan Davis, who we should honestly I think it's all covered, but we need to talk about, about Jordan Davis. He's a mammoth of a human being, good runs, like, massive baller in the run game, decent pass rusher, and then you've obviously got his teammate, Devontae White. Um, there's some um, character concerns going around right now that might Mike, Mike's about the first round due to. Uh, and then, like, outside of that, you've got two, maybe three guys that could potentially slip into the back end of the first round and Travis Jones, Pirata Winfrey maybe. And then if a team finds a spot for DeMarvin Leal, that could potentially happen. But overall, outside of those five, you aren't really feeling comfortable, in my opinion, with any of these guys. They can fill a role, but they aren't going to be,
1: uh, like, three down guys right away. I think, yeah, I think the closest guy, I mean, Depending scheme wise, I feel like your Devontae Wyatt can be out there at all times. Yeah. Depending on what you run. Uh, Jordan Davis. <laughs> my favorite thing though, it for, with him is I feel like he just easily can be a top ten player when all said and done. He probably probably will be for me. I he's just, just that good. Like I don't have really that many questions. Like I said, outside of pass rush, but I'm not ever lining him up at three tech, so I'm not gonna ask yep. him to do that. So in terms of what he needs to do, I will say I love that he can get linear quit in a hurry when you know teams are running some pin pull concepts they got a couple guys moving jordan davis will get in front of guys or in between them to get to get in the backfield make some plays that's a really encouraging thing for him if he can be just any bit of linear explosion and we know he, he he's pursuit he's got the motor he'll run all over the field and catch some guys for you so that isn't going to be a problem either but yeah i mean if if you're let's see, yeah, a team. I, We'll throw the charge out there. If you're the Chargers and you have them <laughs> on the field, you're not. You're probably not going to have them on the field all the time, and that's fine. And they they sign two other guys. They know that they're if, if they select him, if they end up being the team that selects him, they know they're going to be rotating probably three of those guys in and out, and shouldn't be a problem for him in in year one. And like you said with Wyatt, there's some off the field stuff, but quickness, especially uh, in, in horizontally, that quickness that he can cross the face of linemen in an instant to shoot gaps. It's not that he can just shoot the gap in front of him, which sometimes is hard in its own, right? When you have, you know, these elite athletes on the offensive line, but when he can shoot and, and get into the gap, that's, that's not on his, on the shoulder, that's the opposite shoulder of offensive line. And that's, that's a special thing when he can move that quickly.
2: It's really insane with how athletic he is at that size. It's alien. Like it's kind of like we use the term, uh, Unicorn cornered scrap cup that's last year. and That's exactly what Jordan Davis is this year. So.
1: Yeah. And we mentioned a few guys who could, who could sneak their way back into the first. I think the first one that comes up is Travis Jones, who's had probably one of the bigger rises process was a, was a good athlete. All things considered I feel like we'd be talking to him way about him way more. <laughs> if, if Georgia didn't have all these defenders, just like the combine up, right. You had obviously Walker do it. Who we'll get to. And the two, the two D. De- defensive tackles and Wyatt and Davis, Travis Jones had a darn good process zone, right? Goes down to senior bowl, plays really well. And again, when, when, after Jermaine Johnson leaves, it was Travis Jones show basically on the defensive line, yeah. powerful. He flashed the quickness and that's important when you're nose, a nose tackle, basically like he's going to be nose tackle one tech. You have to, if you can unlock a little bit more and you can show people that I, yeah, I'm not just power. I'm, I'm also quick. Then we're cooking with something here, and that's probably why, you know, you start hearing his name, 28 twenty eight, twenty
2: nine, thirty, thirty one, you know, in, in that range. It's, I've kind of feel for Travis Jones because if Jordan Davis did not was not a thing this year, he would be skyrocketing up draft board and he'd be getting all the talk. But instead, we're sitting here, drooling over Jordan Davis, and then there's a lot of guys on draft board that are just like, hey. Travis Jones is still here too.
1: Don't worry. Yeah, so. that's that's going to be nice for teams, especially early on day two. You know, they 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 don't want to spend the premium on on somebody like Davis, and they want to get a nose tackle. Perry on Winfrey. I feel like it's a tale of two, of the process versus the season. Yeah. How again, Oklahoma? Did they play him in the right spot all the time? No. That's I think that's a fair assessment of what happened. Uh, in the fall. However, if, if he can fix the pad level, then we're, then we, I feel like my concerns really lessen, but again, he, he's really explosive and real twitched up for, for his size, six four two ninety, And if he just would stop popping up so high, he would even be, he would even gain more ground when he's getting the gaps linearly. And I, I feel like, it's going to be situation dependent. If you have the right defensive line coach who taps into that mindset that he has, that he wants to go out there and, and really knock people's head off and, and have that explosion. Like you're going to be glad that you waited rather than selecting somebody early.
2: Yeah. And we, I know there's a lot of people that have talked about like Baltimore taking a guy like Davis around one, but I think, they're probably going to take one of these guys on day two. Like, whether that be Winfrey, whether that be Jones, whether that be Leal, and they're just going to turn them into something that they weren't in college. They weren't all there. And of course, Baltimore turns these players that have some weaknesses and they find two of them all the way through. And it's kind of annoying to watch because they always kind of steal the players that us Packer fans want. So.
1: They, they never don't get value i feel like they're yes they're literally always getting value any draft where you look at like even in the past like four to five even when ozzy was still there they got lamar at 32 that was ozzy ozzy newsom's last first round pick was lamar jackson at 32 the rest of the guys went in the top 10 and of course they potentially i mean hey he's won an mvp josh allen hasn't just saying so they just yeah they they scoop up value everywhere. I I even think last year they got Bateman, yeah even later than I probably would have would have taken him. So it, it's the classic thing with them. I agree. They're probably just going to get a talented corner in the first, and then get a great defensive lineman in the 2nd Like they am already starting to think about. It. I I feel for I feel for uh, my Steelers fan friends on this that that the Ravens just continue to do this and it's got to be um, really annoying that they're in your division.
2: I have like four or five Steelers fans and they just completely complain about it because they always just somehow get a steal. It's yeah. insane. We talked about it last year during the draft as well, like Bateman, uh, Tyler Wallace, Ardarius Washington as a free agent on UDFA. It's yeah. like, it's insane, but it's almost like predictable at this point. It's like, which player are they going to get two rounds later than project? Yep.
1: Yeah. So I remember Matabuike. It was like a third oh, yeah. round pick. It was like, are you kidding me? Anyway,
2: Mark Mark Andrews in the third after yes from the first, same That's draft as Lamar. One.
1: Yeah, they they really nail it. I've, I, Bradley Bozeman obviously didn't yeah. bring him back for a second contract, but got him later and was really a, a great starter for them. These second tier guys. Well, maybe the, Winfrey and Jones is really the second tier, and, and yeah, you, you maybe throw that all in there. I guess we should talk about Leal quick as well. It's just the big question is. Which team is going to take the stab? Just
2: like you Seattle. take this guy and you don't know where to play
1: Seattle. Seattle. Seattle might know where to play him. They like they the big yeah. ends. They, they do. They could throw him on the end, and that wouldn't shock me one bit. Like, Yeah.
2: That wouldn't surprise me, but it's – I mean, we had it in our last episode where we had him going to Tampa Bay late second. Yeah. And that's – if bad. that happens, it's, it's the same thing. Like Tampa Bay and Baltimore – just always,
1: but chiefs, maybe, maybe yeah. if they feel like they, if Spags wants to get creative enough where he can throw them all around, it's just a question of like, if they really want a running mate for, for uh, Chris Jones, I almost said Travis Jones, they want a running mate for him. Like Colin Saunders hasn't been it. They, They just haven't found that second guy. So maybe they don't go that direction, but if they believe that Leal can play on the interior, then, then that's the team as well like we said we mentioned the ravens (laughs) Uh, like that makes perfect sense as well and i know packers fans are thinking about this as well because why he fits all the like from the age perspective he'll probably be on their board it's probably not going to be early though I, i imagine because of the fall because of like okay the tape in 2021 wasn't like excellent still plays with power and athleticism and and really sheds but you can't at a true five tech stopping the run that's just not gonna be for everybody and the packers are they got preston smith Rashawn gary is a a really impressive athlete i think they're gonna go the impressive athlete route if they go like with the edge so i maybe 53 or 59 i i don't know if i buy it do you, do you buy as a second-round pick, Mason, for the Packers at all, Leo?
2: I mean, I would, depending on who's on the board. If we right. don't – I mean, there's a lot of hype behind, like, another player we'll get to
1: later that's a similar kind
2: of interior edge guy that we could take potentially in the first round, early second. That could kind of lead us. If he, we don't take him, I could potentially see it in the later – half of the second round. But right now, as we're kind of really close, I don't really think he'll – be high on our board, technically, because, I mean, he could be just because of, like, Joe Barry wanting these versatile defensive linemen in the front. I could see it. Would I be happy? Yes. He's a good player, but it's like, will he still even be on the board? Though? Because it's, it's such a wide range for a lot of these players right now, especially defensive linemen, because yes. you don't know who's going to take one, and if they want to take one, because the only real player that you're going to get, I will not necessarily say the most production out of, but you know what he is right now, is Jordan Davis. Because Wyatt's incident is dropping him down the board, and then you have Travis Jones maybe in the back end of the first round, early second, same thing with Winfrey. So it's really just the type of defensive lineman that teams want, also with the kind of mismatch of character concerns, not knowing where this, play- this specific player is going to play and everything.
1: Yeah. And it's, the thing is with this class is uh, uh, at the defensive line, defensive interior, however you want to use the, use the term for these guys, defensive tackles. There's nobody who does both phases extremely well. So there's no super sure thing. Jordan Davis, I feel like is as sure a thing as you can have. And so after that, it's like, Oh yeah, Travis Jones, he's not a great pass rusher, but he's, he's good defending the run. DeMarvin Leal, he can move all over. Not having a home could hurt him. Like But, and like you said, it only takes one team to to pull the trigger and and select somebody, but it could also just, it could be a long night, two nights even for a lot of these guys. And I want to move into this next tier then after Leal, because I think there's a few names to look at and one of them is definitely, definitely Logan Hall. We could have talked about him in either, in either thing, really. We could talk about him here. We could talk about him with the edge guys. I think it makes sense as he's 285 that we talk about him here because I think Leal's around that range as well. Yeah, I liked Logan Hall. I did a video on him. I was impressed. I think the power he plays with is, I mean, it's AAC. It's not the lowest level of competition. He's bowling over guys consistently. You you turn turn the film on. There are guys on the ground all the time that are engaged against him. He explosive linearly as well. This is another guy you're going to ask to get after gaps, probably run through some guys and and get on the edge where I think he can, he can counter a little bit. He's not the best. There's still some, some work to do there, but I think in terms of having a move or two at his disposal, he has it at the moment. And as we've mentioned, he is as of two days ago, 22 years old. So still a younger player who's going to be on a lot of boards. Yeah. Uh, probably in, like the top 50. I off the top of my head, Green Bay is definitely one. And there's yes. been a couple guys who've talked about him being in that like short list of like eight players or nine players in the first round. And after that though, so many teams, I think the Browns are in play based on yeah. the guardrails. I, I, I would even consider it, it Atlanta. I would consider Minnesota. Obviously The Ravens. We can always talk about the Ravens. Um, (laughs) There's just so many teams who could use a player like this because I do think he has enough to play on the edge. I've seen enough in terms of the agility and the explosiveness that I don't see with Leal as much. That makes me a little more concerned because all of that athleticism packed in offers you more versatility than just, hey, sit at the five tech and defend the run for me and hold this gap.
2: Yeah, he's a really exciting really fun to watch and everything so whichever team gets them whether that be bottom half of the first round or early second mid-second like we've talked about already you don't really know where these defensive linemen are going let alone literally anybody at this point this late in the process is really weird um but if there was one that you would really like want right now for like a green bay at the end of the first i would probably say it is local just because of the versatility, you can't play on the edge and everything. So he's not
1: that much bigger than Gary is.
2: No. And that's literally what I was just thinking. It's similar to what Gary was playing on the interior and everything,
1: playing on the edge. So it's it's interesting. He he has the length too. He's got the long arm. He can club, rip, work the arm over when he crossed the offensive linemen's face. Like he, he does have a lot to him. Um obviously you're never gonna play him. Early down interior, he did do a lot of that. He played some nose in one tech for Houston, but he's not gonna he's not gonna do that at at the next level. That this is a to go back to the older defensive units. Like this is a NASCAR or he's no. playing five tech edge. Like that's base down five tech edge, whatever, and then kick him inside for the NASCAR uh, package. But I I like what I've seen from him. He impressed me a ton the The other now it's like if you, if you look at a few of these,
2: there's I, a big
1: drop off. It's a yeah. drop off, but I think there are names that are worth pounding the table for in like third, four, late third, fourth round. The three that, and I know most people are going to talk about Federian Mathis. That's certainly yeah. one of them. I think Matthew Butler and Thomas Booker are the other two for me. <sighs>
2: Have you seen, I think it was the interview that Brett Coleman did with Thomas Booker?
1: Yeah, he's smart. He is. I mean, he went to Stanford, so is
2: that. It's like football smarts are through the roof. Uh, From what all I've seen on Twitter is that everybody was just blown away by his smarts and everything. One player you didn't mention that I would also like to mention is Zachary Carter here.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
2: Just because similar to... I wouldn't necessarily say like exactly like a Logan Hall, but he can also play on the edge and on the interior. So like we've said already, there's a lot of different body types here in the interior room, but it's just really like, what flavor do you want? What do you need and everything? And it's, it's a class that you can choose between, but at like, this is our like, what third, fourth round, maybe fifth round range. It's just like, It's kind of a little exciting, maybe, if you get one of these guys, but like basic fans are going to be like, why? You
1: know? Yeah. There are, yeah, there are like so many nose tackle types in this class that it's like we could just run through a million names. I'm more interested in the guys who can move around. And you mentioned Carter, and I'm glad you mentioned Carter because, yeah, he's doing the same thing. The, The production was there as well with him, again, in the SEC. That's, that's always something to note, And it doesn't matter. I know that there are guys like Greg little who played tackle in the sec a few years ago who were, you know, not good, but like, still that he was a five-star recruit then. So like, these are top recruits. You're playing against them in college. who are getting good development. So anytime you can produce in the sec, that, that is something that's worth writing down. So yeah, Carter, very much in that Logan Hall vein. you met, you mentioned the smarts of Booker and, he is such a sit and control sit and leverage type of player that I know he, he, he always, as a rusher, he likes to try to run through guys a lot. I would love to see him flash that quickness that I know he has a little bit more, but in terms of controlling gaps, understanding where he needs to be. And he talked a little bit about, you know, aligning slightly different, slightly off to where you can just get the lineman maybe a little to hesitate just a little bit. And, and, to continue to hear people t- like him talk about that is so exciting. So it makes you want to p- pound the table for him because of the, like how, how he is and, and how he talks about the game. Butler is a, more of a disruptive player and that's good for his size. Cause you mostly see, you know, the 300 pounders are the, more of the rushers nowadays. So yeah. it's good that he isn't just like the 300 pound nose. Um, He, and he holds up. I don't think the run game's really a weakness. There's no real weakness, but I'm not like blown away by truly anything. No. But this is like the double phase guy that you would probably want on your team. And then the other one is Mathis, who, can, who doesn't really win with like the quickness and disruption, more of the slow burn with his hands, with the physical physicality and with the length that he has. So those are the two I think that like you would consider as, you know, you're waiting around and you want a guy who can impact both phases and you can already add to a talented room he's not gonna be the guy but you add him to a talented room and you kind of prosper with four that's a great add to be like that final piece one of those two mathis or butler
2: i agree with that uh is there after this year i think there's what like four guys that you'd really kind of want maybe as like a late round guys yeah i mean
1: maybe five do you want to run like, through no, the like the nose guys that you yeah. later? You want to run through those? Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, not really a nose guy, but there's a lot of steam growing around Matt Henningson from Wisconsin lately. Oh, yeah. Like a ton. So there I mean, you look at Owen Reese, I know there's a lot of other guys that have him like really high up on the board as like a this guy can immediately contribute to a team. I don't know if
1: you really saw that on tape but the flashes were good. They yes. were good. And it's hard because there's like all the guys in the Wisconsin defense play their tail off. So it's like they, the motors run hot for everybody. It's so hard to get that production because honestly, they have a couple edge guys that are really intriguing. Yes. And when you watch like Chanel, who we'll talk about and Sanborn, who we'll talk about like they're, they're all over the place, but yeah, I like, I like Tenningson. I think it will be higher than just a lot of these middling guys. Cause he's worth the gamble for sure.
2: And back to nose tackle. I know you are big on the list. Am I correct in that from Idaho?
1: Yes. Later. Absolutely. Like just. So he was in the SEC at one point. Um, And goes to Idaho. Obviously an older guy. A lot of these guys are in their fifth year, but 346. I mean, I don't know if green Bay is going to take him because obviously, you know, they, they took TJ Slayton last year. Now, is that, is it an upgrade? Maybe. Um, (laughs) But it's certainly like, again, (laughs) just take out dudes with, you know, he's a little, the length is the one concern. Yeah. He plays with a lot of power, but I mean, I believe it's what 30, yeah. 32 and a quarter. That's a little concerning for, for a big, big, strong defensive tackle. That's the only concern. But if you're going to like, tell me, that Green Bay can hit a lot of premium positions early and get one of these like nose tackles to keep rotating in late. That's fine. Like I'm good with that. But like Chris Hinton is another one from Michigan, Neil Farrell, Jr. From LSU Ridgeway from Arkansas, John Ridgeway, Mark McCall from Kentucky. Just about about to say that so many guys that are just nose tackles that like, I think the one maybe would be Hinton. If you're like, maybe we can unlock a little bit more to his game. But other than that, like it's just so many nose tackles.
2: And similar to Henningson, there's Eric Johnson as well
1: from yes. Missouri
2: State. So I know Green Bay has had a visit with them. They were really – he actually – wasn't he a senior bowl, just like kind of just like a fiery senior bowl competitor as
1: well? Yeah, he was quick off the ball. Yeah. Not many people were that quick other than like Hall and Carter on the inside when they were rushing. So definitely a, a three-tech name to certainly watch. Any thoughts on Haskell Garrett? He's just really just – the expectations were so high for a player like they that. Were.
2: They were, and the, you'll always had. get that from, like, an Ohio State
1: player. But, like,
2: yeah. it's it was like that with a few of these Ohio State guys where they had so many expectations. It was, like, same thing with Jeremy Rucker, and they just did not, like, quote-unquote live up to them. I mean, Garrett should be fine. I mean, it's the same thing you said about, like, these SEC guys right here. It was a four-star recruit. Yeah. So –
1: I don't really Question know. 31 at 5 Ace arms. Yeah. It's really short. That's rough. That's gonna be so difficult. And he's only 300 pounds, too. So he's not like yeah, that's it's a struggle. How about uh Ioma from from Iowa State?
2: I've seen a lot of talk about him lately as well.
1: Yeah, I mean size, athleticism, versatility, like Iowa State, because they run the 335. So <laughs> they kind of stick him at almost Four eye head up on tackle, yeah. and man, he gave Trevor Penning so much trouble all game long. Now, is Penning it's like a, great a familiar player? trend? Is Penning a great player? A lot of people did that guy, North Dakota State did that. Um, yeah. but I mean, that's intriguing at like 6'6, 316 with 35 and an eighth inch arms, the 84 and a three quarter span. Like, when you have that size, athleticism, length combination. I feel like he should be getting drafted over a lot of these guys who people are like, Oh, it's just a nose. Whereas like this guy's a little more creative with, with the size and the length and the athleticism. Obviously he's a sixth year senior, but day three, who cares at this point? Like you're just trying to fill some role players and like, why not take a chance with a guy like him?
2: Especially in this class.
1: Like you don't really, That's not a great
2: one. It's the same thing on last year. Yeah. It's really not that great at
1: all. So out of this class, who could be the like the Oso Digazua of this class? Where you're like, oh, it's the it's the pass rushing interior guy who actually really flashes as a rookie. Because like last year, there were so many, like yeah, the run defending nose types. You know, two I like all those guys who are good run defenders, and you get like Alan McNeil was the true nose.
2: Yeah, it's it's got to be Carter, right?
1: I would think Carter. Maybe it's Eric Johnson. Maybe, yeah. But I mean, the analyst community makes a good point about draft capital, right? Like draft capital is an important thing. Like if you're drafting a guy in the third round over a guy in the seventh, the third round guy's probably getting more snaps as, as you yes. see. So over Eric Johnson, yeah, I think I think you it's a good one. Was that it's got right. think it's got to be good, right? I, yeah yeah. I think
2: it's one of those two. Maybe Henningsen, potentially, but
1: it's possible. I I don't. Yeah. But I just don't think Butler's gonna be like the flashiest is the yeah. problem. and logan hall Logan Hall would be the other one, but I do think there's a chance that he's not even playing interior most of the time, so yeah, that's the only- thing. It's a good
2: possibility see,
1: so, yeah, I like your pick there with with Carter being that guy um any last thoughts on on defensive line other than nah. we're excited for um <laughs> For uh, Brian Breesy and uh, Jalen Carter next year,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, I'm excited. But still, like solid. It's 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 probably it's, one of the weaker classes, but it's like, yeah. oh, you can go up and down for about 12, 13 guys and be like, yeah, roll. Sure, we'll take maybe them plays back. because yeah. you know of, of mm-hmm. not valuing the interior maybe as much, but yeah, I mean, take them I,
2: at the spot they draft them at. I think it'll be fine. I don't think anyone's really going to, outside of the top like five or six. Like, be much. I don't think anyone's going to go top seventy-five. Yeah. You've, you've maybe got Carter slipping into there potentially, but that's about it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if like the the these hybrid guys where they're valued yeah. Up draft weekend. Uh, so we are going to take a short break here, and we're going to come back to the edge rushers <laughs> and the
0: linebackers.
1: All right, here, back to discuss more on the front seven. We're going to move to edge rusher here. It's a packed class, <laughs> of course. However, Mesa, do you think any of these guys match up? Well, I think last year was, it was a year that they would definitely match yeah. up, but there's been some classes that have had two, three, four guys at the tippy top of classes that you do you think? Do you think anybody's on, on a Garrett Young, Bosa level in this club? In this no, I do not
2: think so. The only one you can maybe say that to is Hutch right now. I mean, I've seen comps, and it's I don't know who said it, but there was a player that said that's really disrespectful, to the Bosa brothers and everything. But you've seen all the talk about nobody in this class would have gotten top ten, person.
1: like any player at
2: this, any player at this class.
1: Yeah, I, so, yeah. If you made if you made a top ten ranking. For those listening, just go back, think about the top 10, play, not not top 10 picks necessarily, but top 10 players that you ranked last year and try to fit guys in from this class. I promise you it's more difficult than you think. I know somebody, yeah. I asked this question, somebody responded with four. And I'm like, are you sure? Person went back and is like, oh man, uh, <laughs> maybe two. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's my maybe, point. Maybe, like,
2: very um, much maybe.
1: Yeah, so you can make it. I think you can make an argument for zero, but yeah, I digress. Uh Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, really, the knock is length. Yeah, that's that's it, which is, I mean, I think it's fair. And that really keeps him out of like tippy top, you know, top 10, top five grade, because again, he isn't like the elite bender, you know, Uh, like a trying to think like a Brian Burns. He's not going to win with all that flexibility and bend, but he's going to be able to trim, flatten, push linemen back. He's strong and he has a lot of moves and he's a technician. He really is. And, and he can, he can cross, he can win inside move. Like, but I don't think the only question is, is when you get really, really technical guys, like say he gets drafted, to the Jaguars. You know, they play the Chargers going up against Slater. How are you feeling? I don't even really. That's tough. And Slater doesn't even have long arms, so we're not even going to get to the guys that are bigger with longer arms either. That's tough. <sighs> that's all I'm saying. The top of this class is it's, it's nice to have picks between 25 and 75 yeah so
2: it's a deep pass rusher class very 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 very
1: deep. yeah and so that is Hux... go you got go ahead
2: i mean that isn't even really including there's still a lot of guys on like day three though early on round four too, which we'll get to later but obviously you have the big three four guys hutch tibbs walker johnson Unless you
1: would put Carl Aftis in there. I the the only yeah, so like we talk Hutchinson. I feel like people have probably been more not on Thibodeau talk. We both like Thibodeau. We'll just leave it at that. I feel <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What what else do you really want to say? Like, I mean, he He's he's very good. He he's in the he's in the Burns level of of player. Yes. And Brian Burns was what, 16th overall. I believe in 19. that's insane. Um even though I ranked him fairly highly. But probably want to talk two. about that? Probably a little too. high. I mean, he's really good. So, uh he was drafted after Cleveland Furl. so um Cleveland top- yeah. Furrell went top 5. I think Burns would have been worth it relative to how those two have played anyway. The only thing with Jermaine Johnson is like
2: Do you take. The he didn't win a looking, lot,
1: yeah. even though the production was good. He didn't win a lot. Like I know he was asked to hold the edge a lot, and he's very good at holding the edge. But like, I think the floor is a little concerning because it's not yeah. super high. I mean, I he could be a solid three down defender. I'm just worried this is this is Derek Barnett again. No, Ooh, interesting. Yeah,
2: a little bit. Do you have any concerns with the age at all?
1: I know that's been I mean that's another yeah,
2: blown up as well lately this week.
1: That's another thing. I mean, he didn't have like on film, I mean he the, the explosion power of the senior bowl was great. If he can keep doing that, then the, the concern lessens. But I feel like he on film was not this like top ten pick. However, in this class, that can fly. Unfortunately, yeah. because of just it's not, I don't know. I feel like I'm still might be Karloftis over Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. I would maybe be in the same boat, honestly. Yeah. Because I feel like the athleticism's better. I think the flexibility's there. I feel like
2: to jump onto Karloftis here for a little bit, I think it's the same thing that we're doing with Kyle Hamilton and kind of just overblowing everything a little bit. Like there's, The last episode I listened to of the Stock Exchange podcast, they were talking about how he could potentially go from anywhere from, like, 14 to the beginning of the second round. That's how, like, big of a difference he is, let alone a lot of the rest of this class from, like, an edge-brush standpoint. Same with the D-line that we talked about earlier. So we talked about this, again, with defensive line. It's really what kind of flavor of pass rusher you want. So, it's interesting, to say the least. And we haven't even talked about the guy that might go one overall.
1: <laughs> so, here's the thing. When I look down, and I've gotten through so many of these guys to this point, I almost am at where I'm at with quarterback. Is I just rather swing. And I, my, it really hurts that Ojabo got hurt. Yeah. And it's a bad injury. Because honestly I think I think there's a decent <laughs> I know what you want to say I think there's a decent chance he's edged too if he 's still healthy for me no.
2: that wasn't what I, that wasn 't what I was expecting you to say.
1: What were you expecting me to say
2: there's the group that thinks that Ojabo was a better prospect than
1: Hutch. <sighs> And that was actually a, quite a big group. It was. of was okay. So let's let's talk Ojabo then. We'll get to Walker in a second. The <laughs> run defense is bad. Like he it's bad. he gets blown off the ball way too much. However, if he's like if if, if he's weak side of the play, and he's basically holding edge, and, and he will he will erase the cutback lane. It's yes. not coming his way. The range and the speed is is really good. To cover ground laterally, horizontally, however you want to call, whatever you want to say, like there's a play in the Michigan State game where Kenneth oh, Walker did this yeah. on a cutback, and as soon as you see it, you're like, oh no! Like there's so much space here. You just got to beat one guy. Problem is the one guy was Ojabo, who's every bit in better athlete than him, and he made the play, and Walker got nowhere. Like that athleticism is is scary. It now, is, and it's a rusher. He's technical. Like there's yeah. so much to his game. He he has he has that like you you call a lot people in basketball call it the Euro step right, but it, to be that flexible and have enough burst to still get around guys after you're taking your time before you get to contact, that's impressive too. Ghost the, that ghost move that he's shown a couple times. Oh, it's really good. There are some there are some reps though where I would like to. I'd like to see him a little more urgent. There are times where he's yes. coming off. And, and when he does that, that Euro, he's still quick off the ball, but there are plenty of reps where he kind of is just like, it's real slow. And I don't know why he's doing that unless it's like a, and again, I, do I know what I'm seeing all the time? Absolutely not. It yeah, could no. literally be the coaching staff saying, listen, we don't want you to over pursue anything here. Need you to just stay tight and be able to get around this guy. If, if, if a run comes back your way or quarterback's trying to leave, like it could be a contained place. It could be. But there's some times where it just, it looks like he's lacking urgency, as a
2: right. Yeah, and like you said, that could just be a Michigan, like, coaching staff thing. And we've talked about it numerous times how every team teaches things differently, which that isn't really seen a lot of times in, like, these scouting reports. You don't really know what they're actually being told to do. But we've talked about it earlier, and it's, I'm going to say it, but if Baltimore goes corner in round
1: one, it's going to happen where Ojabo just slips to Baltimore in round two. Well, if you're the Browns, you're right in front of them. I mean...
2: Yeah, but look at
1: how many fourth-round picks Baltimore has to move up with. Oh, I know. That's true. They do, they do have a lot of fourths. I don't know. I have feel like, like five fourth-round picks. I feel like I'd be moving up from a lot of those spots in the fourth into the third to get some players like, yeah. as well. Like, they can just... Oh. They're just loaded right there.
2: This is a Baltimore episode.
1: Yeah, somehow it's <laughs> turned into Baltimore's getting all the value, which, I mean, is never incorrect, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, Ojabo, it's, it's, again, he's, he's 250, and this is a 3-4 outside linebacker edge type, not a 4-3 defensive end. Now, in nickel, that kind of blurs a little bit more but still, that's why you'll probably again. And no job obviously with injury, but you'll see a guy like Jermaine Johnson go high because there are a lot of teams are like, yeah, this guy can hold up on the edge. He can he can handle these tackles. Like I don't have any problem with him being able to set strong. But again, as a pass rusher, he might be kind of one trick a lot of the time.
2: You know? Yeah, it, he kind of is. And the we've talked we talked about it earlier. The lack of like run defending is kind of an issue. It's a big issue. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't say it's as bad as Caleb on chase on from a few years ago, but like, I'm probably not. It's in the realm yeah. yeah. and you see how that's turned out for Jacksonville a little bit. I mean, obviously that's Jacksonville, but still. Yeah.
1: Well, better talk about the potential number one pick here. And Trayvon Walker took long enough. (laughs) Yeah, we got we got here. Don't worry. I mean, we've talked about a lot of guys, and this this was the late riser. This was the holy cow. This guy's absolutely absurd athlete for six five two seventy two. Like it's it's not of this planet. This is like this is like Miles Garrett stuff without any of the Miles Garrett tape. Um, Mason, initial thoughts on Trayvon Walker is is this like this stuff? Like, oh, he could go first. Is this like? Do you buy it? Do you buy the? any team in the top three, even that all three of them, the top three could use an edge rusher, like all three of them. Do you buy Um, the, is this something you'd buy? Like if you're one of those three teams, you're like, I I would swing a Walker.
2: Personally, I wouldn't just with the other needs that the needs that the teams have for me, it would be Hutch and KT for those top two. And then Houston, you take the best player available at that point in my opinion. Uh, But we talked about, we have a big group chat on Twitter, and we were, we've we talked about the rise of Walker a ton. And in, like, January, December, in that range, Walker wasn't even being talked about as, like, a top 20 pick. And so a few of us jumped on that train, and then it got to the point where he was getting, like, top 15, and I, I think I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of weird. And then it got to the point where it was top 10, and now it's to the point where he's
1: is seven the floor with the Giants? I think it has to be. No? I would say seven or nine. Oh yeah, nine. Yeah, nine's probably.
2: And that's that's a wide range again, from top pick to number nine, but it seems the reports lately have seemed like it is going to be Walker at one. Obviously the next four days or whatever are going to be rough with all this smoke and all this like it usually is, but just some of these Jacksonville reporters are really have kind of been like it's it's Walker, yeah, and it's we talked about it in the mock draft episode how what the reasoning could be is kind of not the greatest because Hodges is at Michigan with John Harbaugh, Jim Jim, Harbaugh. yeah, and Melky and Harbaugh did not get along, so
1: Picking Jacksonville one. fans,
2: I am. Sorry for whatever.
1: Happened. Picking number one to be petty. That is yes. new. That's new. Um, new age drafting. We're picking this guy to be petty to uh, the coach of the other prospect that we could take. I mean, Walker, a phenomenal run defender. I mean, the power and the, the athleticism combination is crazy. Obviously, length is too. But it's funny. We just talked about power, athleticism, length of the guy like who was Rike from Iowa State, and that's a yep. day three player. And Shilkapadia, the athletic, often talks about this, the Ten Commandments of drafting the first round. If your first thing is run defense, probably shouldn't take him early. <laughs> I just don't the, – the pass rushing profile, there's just – we don't have enough on it.
2: We don't have enough. Obviously, a big part of we'll the draft there. is projection. Yeah. But if – I know this has been thrown around a lot as well. If the Georgia staff couldn't do anything with it, then how is it going to work in the NFL?
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. So at least this is like my general thoughts on Georgia. It just felt like, again, with like, with an unbalanced that they wanted to keep things a little unbalanced with the line because they like that Jack or however you want to call that edge rusher on the, on the one side, there's so many different terms for it. They love Nolan Smith there. They loved mm-hmm. guys like Adam Anderson there. They loved guys who could get after quarterback. Cause they're, they were, they were a little bit smaller, had some pop though. And you have Walker. Who's a lot bigger, who can be more gap control on the other side. And then they obviously have linebackers that they can, again, however they want to align them. So it was like, Georgia's putting him in a role that they need and that he's very good at. Does it mean he couldn't play on the other side? No. But it's clear that they trusted Nolan Smith, who's probably going to be a very high pick next year, uh, rushed the passer over him. They obviously had a lot in that pass rushing room, enough to send Jermaine Johnson away to Florida State because he wasn't (laughs) getting time. I don't know. There's so much into this, like that. It is. We just it's, don't. We just don't know enough, unfortunately, inside of Georgia's coaching and and how they want to run things, but also the just in general, like we, the information that we have is that we haven't seen enough in, as a pass rusher, and how do we project that? It's a difficult thing to do.
2: It's really difficult, honestly. A team like Atlanta, it's yet at the end of the first, that would be like. Would that be the highest you take him? Is my question. How high? Yes, Atlanta Seattle range. <sighs> or would you take him earlier just for the upside standpoint?
1: If I'm Atlanta and I have a lot of selections, I think what five in the top eighty-five, something like that. Yeah, sure, I'll swing. Like that's fine. We're, we're in rebuild. I'll swing. Now, I I would double dip the position because it's deep enough, right? I would not leave day two without two guys oh yeah no at especially point.
2: atlanta
1: yeah however you are getting a with that athleticism uh, to hopefully coach up like i'm i'll swing if thibodeau's not there if thibodeau's there though and i get to pick between the two which would be ridiculous for atlanta like <laughs> there's no way i'm not picking thibodeau so i feel like we're right in the middle there will be plenty who push him way, way down their board probably too far yeah then there will be those who are saying, "Yeah, this is a top five player, no question about it," and are going to project that. I'm probably going to fall in the middle.
2: Yeah, I I would say the same. As well, honestly, so that kind of that kind of brings us to the end of the first
1: group. Unless
2: you want to, I, love, include- I
1: th- there's a name that's for me above the rest, and will probably probably going to be in my top five edge rushers. Kenny?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I- Yes. I was going to start the next year with Ebiketti yes.
1: or Boye, but... I think Ebiketti clears him comfortably for me. Now, I just think... I don't know, man. Mafé gets... He counters well, but boy, he's stuck there a lot at, at, at contact point before he before he can counter. That's the problem. It looked better at the Senior Bowl. So you know, are you going to, you, you can look at the senior bowl tape, like, yes. Okay. That, that looked a lot better. Now he got, he got better over the course of the season, but I'll tell you what the Ohio state tape is rough. Mm-hmm. Evan Katie is flexible, quick, explosive, heavy hands, quick hands, violent hands. Like he just, he doesn't get deterred very often. And it, boy, I mean, this is a Packers pot. I mean, we're part of the Packers network here. I mean, 28 I would be ecstatic. A, I, yes, yes. Now he does not fit the bill because he he's 23 what is he, like, already. He's 23 already. Yeah, he's 250. So he, he probably doesn't fit the bill there, but like I'd be ecstatic because I, I love the player here. I think Abba Katie is still underrated at this point because he's yeah. strong enough and he's athletic mm-hmm. enough to consistently be on the edge. And he doesn't get blown off the ball nearly as much as Ojabo does, and they're pretty similar size profiles. So yeah. but again, Ojabo, you're you're hoping he unlocks more. He's a lot younger. So you can project yeah. a little bit more with him. Ebiketti may be finished product, but I'm whew, boy. With injury, unfortunately, I then I'm I'm looking at Ebu If I'm a yeah. team late in the first, early in the second, needs edge rusher help, all these guys have come off already. It's you, not even a question.
2: If you had to guess Aba or uh job will end up in Kansas City, right? One
1: of the two. Yeah, probably. Um, Whether that be. I think either could end up. Yeah. I don't know. Is Seattle going to play with like lighter guys on the edge now? Are they, if they're going to stick with it, then they're going to go like, like we already talked about with like. Watch that be a
2: pick at
1: nine. <laughs> Here's the thing they pick Ava Katie at nine. I will actually like it. I won't even like, <laughs> I won't even dog Seattle's front office at all. Honestly, I don't, that won't bother me. Cause like, there's a path for me when I look at Katie and be like top three, edge rusher. When all said and done, when we look back in three years, yeah, possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see it. So that's definitely one of my guys in this class. Uh, do you want to talk about Mafe at all? Or Katie or both? Or any of the other guys it, at this top of second round area that,
2: I honestly yeah, like, like I like the second third round range like that verge maybe even third fourth but obviously you have to talk about Mafe at some point because he might go first round and it's there's a good chance he's the pick
1: at 28 so Mafé would be interesting cuz he's going to be 24 in yeah no I don't think
2: so though I mean that's I mean the thresholds might get thrown out the window. They could. But.
1: This this we could look really dumb in four days with the threshold stuff and everything that we've been building towards. And they could just select Ryman and uh Mafé and we all look dumb. Possible. Um but yeah, I buffet I struggle with a little bit. Yeah, I like the promise that was there though, end of season. That helps a lot. Because if, if we had just seen this more of the same from Ohio State in the next couple games, I would be out. Um,
2: It's – he's a really intriguing player.
1: Yeah. He
2: has a lot of room to grow, and a big part of just drafting in general is just for the future and not right now. Yeah. But if you're a team that's looking for something right now, I don't think you would take him. So, like, a team like Atlanta, I don't think are kind of in on that.
1: Yeah, but I want to group a few guys here really quick because I think they're all similar. Uh, I want to group Nick Benito, uh, Drake Jackson, yeah. Majai Sanders, and then I'm going to go a little bit further even down and talk about D'Angelo Malone and Dominique Robinson. I Five love the, guys.
2: I love the last two names as just like yes. four
1: guys. Yes. They're all very much in the same vein of these are rotational rushers early that you hope add power, or you're just in a 3-4, and you can drop these guys or have them rush, and that's it. Like, Drake Jackson might have the best bend in the class. It's, First, it's really insane, is,
2: just like all – they're so similar.
1: The, a lot of and, these guys are – if yeah. Nick Benito had six sacks as a rookie, it wouldn't shock me at all. No, not at all. He's that he's like, good enough.
2: I don't get the hate for Sanders because he went from potential first rounder a few months ago to now even fourth round, and he didn't really do anything to do that.
1: And that happened. I, I feel like everybody just hopped on like the weight fluctuation thing and just yeah. ran with it and just is like, I th- it's weird
2: because what did he come at at the... Was it the Senior Bowl or the Combine that came at, like, 2.30?
1: Was the Combine, right? Yes, I think so. And he said he was sick.
2: And then he got up to, what, 2.40, 2.50?
1: So he was, like, what, 2.47 at the Senior Bowl? I think he went down to 2.30 or 2.28. Then I think got back up to about 2.42, I want to say. And... It's weird, but...
2: You saw... Um, Jesse's post about that it was just like happening throughout like his time at Cincinnati as well, which is concerning. Yeah. But just like yeah, well, it's a concern, but when you turn on the tape, just the explosiveness, especially like, did this guy just jump off sides when it's perfectly snapped and every timed and everything? Of course he does go off sides quite a few times. But it's really insane just the ex- the first step explosiveness. From
0: Sanders.
1: Yeah, I think he plays with some power, too. I mean, I think, you know, I I think he went against Tyler Smith and he knocked him over a couple times. Obviously, Tyler Smith has horrible hands, but, like. Chris Paul as well, he just dominated. Yeah, these guys have, if if the weight fluctuation thing is real, they've got, like, 70 pounds, 60 pounds on this guy. Yeah. And he's bowling over. Yeah. I mean, he's only. I mean, to be
2: fair, Paul doesn't have the greatest anchor and everything and strength, but still.
1: Yeah, these are still two top 125, 130 players, most likely, yes. that, that Sanders is, is beaten to a pulp. And again, maybe teams are teams have this weight fluctuation information more than we have, and that the numbers are all, all over the place at Cincinnati, and they're like, I don't know what to do here. It's possible. Um, But he's young enough. I mean, 22 back in February. Benito's a little bit older. Still feel like we know what he is. Uh, he's around 250 as well with Ebicadee, with Ojabo. I mean, same type of thing. Just let that guy just pin his ears back and get there, yep. and we're golden. Um, Pure Drake,
2: athlete. He doesn't really have much pass rush skills yet, but you'll get there with
1: a lot of time. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think so. And Drake Jackson, similar thing. I mean, he's, he's 21. So these USC dudes, Drake London, Drake Jackson, both 21 years old. It could be just an indictment of coaching staff that Drake Jackson just really never added anything in terms of power. There was that report of him being like near 270, which I think was actually true at one point during the process. But again, teams may just ask him to rush. So he may stay in the 250s when he's playing. Then it's those other two guys, Robinson and Malone. Got a favorite Mason between the two of them.
2: I don't really have a favorite of the two just because like they're both going to be taken on the fourth round in the fourth round probably. And they're still just going to produce as like that third, fourth rotational guy. Yeah. And they come from not like bigger schools too, which is the best part. So like nobody's really on them. So you're not going to expect a lot out of them. So I would definitely take a shot on one of the two in the fourth. As like a Green Bay fan, or like if you want to go even lower, which I don't even say really lower because I don't understand why it's so low, but Alex Wright as well.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna throw right in with the other two, like two seventy guys. Um yeah, wanna get to those those guys. Robinson just plays a little out of control, but yes. the explosion and power there. If you're asking somebody for meaningful snaps in year one, I'm taking Malone first. Yeah. Because he is, he is advanced technically, and he's also explosive. But Robinson, who I think is new to the position, no? I think he
2: is. I mean, like he played sure something
1: that. else, I thought. Um, you said Robinson, not Malone? Yeah, Robinson, I think, played something else. Tight end. Yeah, okay, there you go. So that's a lot of different
2: like players in this class that transfer like started as a tight end and then switched to tackle or defense.
1: Yeah, it's so, honestly insane. Yeah. So like that's somebody you're gonna have. I mean, and he is he is 24 in July, but like
2: in the fourth round, uh, you don't
1: really. really worry yeah, about I'm not that. worried about that. But again, he used that extra year clearly. <laughs> yeah. As that convert from tight end to to hone as a rusher he gave he gave Ryman so many problems when they played that not I'm not kidding he did he, he beat Ryman to a pulp you're really just kind of bagging up petting it Ryman. This well, <laughs> listen we're talking about these guys in the first round and <clears> you got fourth round picks from the smaller schools dogging them a bunch it's like hello like red flag anybody um the three guys at like 270, who I think are intriguing. You mentioned Alex Wright. Josh Paschal is another. So is Cameron Thomas.
2: Yeah, I was all waiting three, for those last two names.
1: Yeah, all three are interesting. Pascal might be a Packer. There's a lot of steam with, with that, especially in the mock. Like, people who mock a lot, like, are throwing him in there. I like it. Um, Alex Wright, man.
2: It's... I don't understand the hype like how he is not getting more hype because if you look at like the film, every chance that a team gets to like run the ball, they completely go the opposite direction of where Wright's aligned.
1: Yeah. Like they completely when avoid
2: him. And <sighs> did they didn't they have a pass rusher go last year, UAB? Yeah,
1: Jordan, Jordan Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah. I think he went to Jacksonville. He did. On day three. Yeah. Um yeah, when this dude's not doubled because UAB does that similar thing where they put three guys on the defensive line, so you're already at a disadvantage when you're a pass rusher to try and win. So he's getting a lot of doubles. When he's not getting doubled, he is a menace and should be taken earlier than than some of these guys, honestly, because the potential is six five two seventy. This is a Packer guy at ninety two. I'm in. Like, yeah, I'm totally in here at, at ninety two if that's the pick. Thomas and Pascal are more interesting because like they're alignment versatile and they kind of play all over. Like Cameron Thomas, uh, he's a little bit clunky at times. Yes. When he's not moving upfield.
2: When I watched the tape, and it's similar grading for me. It reminded me of how Houston used Peyton Turner last year. Okay. Just pretty much everything. And while Peyton Turner was kind of that wow selection at the end of the first round, I felt like there was a lot of reason for it. Obviously, he didn't do, like, the best his rookie season, but you don't expect that, especially from a team like North. So I expect Cameron Thomas to go on that second, third kind of turn a little bit. And is he going to factor in right away? Most likely not. But you can play him almost anywhere on that front four, front, four, front three, anywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's linearly explosive and he'll get into the gap quickly and obviously they asked him to do that a lot so that's where we're getting this 20 and a half tackles for loss thing. Yeah. But again, if that's if you're an NFL team that's asking him to do that and you see okay when when he was asked to do this we're getting 20 and a half tackles for loss like you're in, right? And so I do think if you're going to ask him you know, and a lot of teams will run stunts, he just he will not move very quickly around if he's no. if he's the looper on a stunt like it's just not getting home like he needs to be upfield immediately there's you the the lateral movement agility skills are are not there this needs to be a guy who's getting upfield immediately
2: it's i mean it's the same we've talked about it, it all just really depends on like what kind of pass rusher you want and are looking for yeah so like if you want A guy who can play on the interior, move to the outside as well, to play on the edge. You could take Logan Hall. You could take Cam Thomas. You can take so many other players in this class. If you want the pure outside guys, there's so many of them. It's it's honestly what I really enjoy about just like the scouting report portion and just like trying to match up and like looking at how teams are schemed. Because a lot of people just take, hey, this is the best edge rusher available. Take him to that team when he doesn't fit the system. So yeah. it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, we mentioned a lot of guys. Anybody else you want to highlight before we move over to linebackers?
2: Uh, not really, unless you do. We covered a lot. Unless yeah. you want to, I mean, Sam Williams, maybe.
1: Yeah, just off field is, yeah, a serious deal. Like such you a could also sense.
2: could you also mention Michael Clemens and that kind of
1: edge interior group as well? Yes, I yes, I think so. Jeffrey so. Gunter is the sleeper. Yes. That's really not a sleeper anymore that everybody's
2: he's at
1: 275 on TV Wow. That's, that seems low. I mean, he's like 6'4, 260, and he's, he's very intriguing. I, <sighs> he, he's probably still a pure rusher even at 260, yeah. which is, that's, that's kind of wild to me. Um, I might, obviously, everybody, Amari Barno, because of the 4'3'6. Yeah. I'm th- not that interested to be honest. Not really. Um, Drop ten pounds, play big safety, big nickel. Sure, I guess. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what to do. May play running back with the four three six. No idea. Uh, Inagre won a ton as a power technician rusher, but there's just he's not. He's capped athletically compared to a Karloftis or Johnson who are in that first round. Yeah. That's why he's low. and
2: he dropped from second to fourth round
1: pretty quick. Yeah. He just doesn't have that juice. That 10 split, I believe, was not very good. Not that that's like, I mean, that's, yeah. people use it as some of an indicator, but like, it's not a shocking number. It wasn't no. like, oh, he's got ridiculous explosiveness and then the 10 split comes out and it's like, oh, that's weird. No, it, it matches. Okay, we're going to move to linebackers here as we, edge rusher was, there was a lot. A lot. Uh, linebacker will kind of breeze through some things. Um, <sighs> The top five feels... Oh, maybe there's a there's a name that yeah. that crashes the party here. I'm going to be... okay, if if you're a Mission Impossible fan out here, I'm going to do I'm going to do a, a really deep cut reference here. Um from the last movie. Nicobé Dean is a scalpel and Leo Shenol is a hammer. And if you don't know that reference, I'm sorry, but for those in this real nice draft niche and and Mission Impossible niche, that's going to be incredible. You're going to be like, "Wow, that's, yeah. that's amazing." Do you know it? Do you understand it?
2: Kind of. I mean, I get it because I know the players.
1: Okay. That's but. fair. That's fair. But from the last movie that, that came out like four years ago, it's, it's a deep cut reference, but.
2: The real question for me is when does the first linebacker go?
1: 21 it, or maybe not in the first. That's, it could be that's Philly.
2: Could be Philly.
1: They're not doing that.
2: Can always be Philly, but they
1: probably won't. Just Howie Roseman has, is allergic to drafting linebackers early. Has to be if allergic to it. He
2: has to because JOK was right there last
1: year, and he just said no. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. They- I think
2: 21 is a big possibility. It might be sneaky for Cincinnati, honestly, because don't they have a few of their guys up on contract after this year?
1: Yeah, and that's why, unfortunately, Trevor Sigma keeps getting hate for on Stock Exchange for mocking them a linebacker. It's because, like, okay, they have. Oh, who's is? Is it Wilson? I uh, I don't remember, but like, there's. It's a deeper room. Like when you initially look at it, you're like, oh, yes. this room's deep. Like, what's the what's the issue? They spent uh, Jermaine. That's a free agent after this year. Yeah,
2: that's the one, and that um, it-
1: All the other guys are like Logan Wilson's under contract for two years. Joseph Osai has done nothing. Akeem Davis James Gaither Morgan. was a big fan in a lot of circles. He hasn't done much. Then you have Marcus Bailey, who was coming off a lot of in, a, a big injury at Purdue yeah. and was like a sixth round pick. That room outside of Wilson doesn't feel like super set. So I can understand it.
2: Yeah. And they've, I mean, obviously those names are all really young.
1: They took three
2: one year. Yeah. Philly, take note, please. It might work. Yeah. But after a sense, you can maybe – I mean, obviously, the Detroit's got to take one. I gonna mean, guess they're going to take one with either that first-round pick or that early second. Yeah. But – and I, we talked about it. It might be Chanal as the first linebacker. I love Leo Chanal,
1: man. I love Leo Chennault. He is just – he is awesome. Uh, by the way, he is only 21. <laughs> so, Thanks. Packers at 28, me thinks – this would be the one time that I would just love that Badger you know? going to Green Bay, fantastic player. I just love it. I love the idea. He's two fifty. This is traditional in, in 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 all its glory here. With I think really? enough speed, honestly, I think it's enough speed. I think yeah, there's enough. Like I I understand like he if he guesses wrong, he's probably not gonna get to that other. He's not gonna get laterally to where he needs to be if he guesses wrong however he can turn and run if it's like a screen going outside he'll turn and run and put that foot in the ground he'll get there
2: yeah
1: blitzing is unbelievable he's super strong stopping power is fantastic he even strew strings he can wrap outside the frame love that but when he has to turn and run up the seam i don't see any problems at all it's i'll be honest it's
2: so weird because you remember me last year with live actor right
1: yep it's not
2: that way this year It's just not like I've done seven rounders where I don't even take one.
1: Yeah, I know. It's weird. Well, it's because Dean is small, right? And then Boyd didn't test well. And then people are like, okay, well, there goes that. And they kind of left it alone.
2: Here's a question for you Who's your comp for Quay Walker? Christian Harris. (laughs) Do you want to explain that?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, Christian Harris is like six one two twenty five. Koy Walker six four two forty. Really don't care. They play the same. They're great space guys who, if they can, they're they're the guys who have to get around blocks. They won't get off of them. They're flexible and fast enough to shoot gaps, sideline sideline space coverage. They're really not different. They're run and chase good tacklers. And will help you in the run game when they can get around to dip guys. That's they're they're like they feel like almost the same player to me, personally.
2: Who do you do you have either one of those two, or do you have Muma at four
1: or somebody else? So right now I have Chanel, Dean, Lloyd, and then I have Muma. Okay. Um, kind of what I think. I'm just I'm just like. I don't know. Maybe it's cuz maybe it's cuz Ryan Roberts from Rise draft he, he he's just like look at the eyes. Just watch the eyes a little bit more. Now I do think Harris I'm probably going to put higher than Walker cuz I do think someone pointed this out and I don't remember who did. But like uh Toto or Toa Toa, I don't know how you pronounce yeah. that. I apologize if that's wrong. Um kind of left Harris in an, on an island with some horrific run fits <laughs> that happened yes. with Bama. So, like, Harris kind of got screwed a bunch. So, Harris will probably be my top five because I actually think he did better than people think in terms of the eye discipline. So, he'll probably be... But, again, Walker might be the first guy off the board. Yeah. So...
2: Do you believe the Walker and Ron Walker?
1: If Tennessee does it, maybe, I guess. I don't know. We were mocking Tennessee linebackers for a while. Then it was kind of like, well, they might take a quarterback or their offensive line's still bad, by the way. They might take another receiver. Who knows? They could take Burks, and that wouldn't shock me one bit, but if he's available. But I do, I do like the, the guys, and this is just – it's such a 25 to 75 class where it's like, okay, now I, yep. I start talk linebackers. I love Nicobe Dean. I love Chennault. Devin Lloyd does a bit of everything which is why he just feels like a Patriot. He feels like a little bit smaller version of Hightower. Rush, cover, blitz, ball production. Just does everything. Um, So, yeah, I mean, draft any of the Georgia guys. Love that. Tindall's a good player, too, even though he didn't really ever start. So, how about Damon Clark?
2: The injury just kind of sours everything
1: just really sours everything i've seen great year
2: i've seen people as high on him as linebacker
1: he's just his 2021 was that good that's why it was just that good where it's like yep i understand that and it just sucks that he's (sighs) that he got hurt yeah i want to talk about your guy that you just uh wrote up so for those that don't
2: know like there's always some small school guys, studs, that just break out. This year, it's – obviously you want to talk about Christian Watson first from North Dakota State. He's not really even small school with that Division One FCS. A player that he faced in the national championship on Montana State was Troy Anderson. And if you haven't done your research on Troy Anderson, it's a really fun study because he started out as a running back at Montana State, then he was a quarterback – was like first team, all big sky at the quarterback, and then he trans he uh switched to linebacker. And so, with the new coach that came in prior to 2020, obviously they didn't have a season there, but he just said, You can't play quarterback anymore, we just want you as a pure linebacker. And it was really interesting to see because he played some linebacker in 2019 as well as quarterback, and he eventually got injured after 2019. He had to have surgery on his knee. But then in 2021, he took the linebacker role, and it looks like he just turned into a completely different player. I know there's a lot of people that don't like the instincts. The same thing with you with the eyes. At linebacker, that's like the biggest part, especially in coverage. It literally looked like he knew where the plays were going before it was even snapped. Once the ball was snapped, he immediately went to his spot. There was plays against, I don't know if it was Montana or if it was South Dakota State, where he just – Completely sniffed out, like, three straight plays. And it was really interesting to see. Obviously, the 40 time gets you excited. Big senior bowl week. Honestly, he might be – I've seen comps to my – honestly, my comp was diet Isaiah Simmons. So, wow. it's really – he's super versatile. He's athletic. He's decent in coverage already, even though he has, he's really only played one full year of linebacker. Good tackler. He. There was multiple third and short, fourth and short plays where he was the last line of defense before the first down, and he completely blew up the play. He's probably one of my favorite players in the class. If there was a linebacker that I were to get the most excited about for a team that selects him, I think it is Troy Anderson. A team like Denver at the back end of the second round, I think is perfect.
1: That would be nutty. And I think I would have given him to – them in our mock if walker was gone yeah um yeah i mean i'm excited because i'm gonna dive into the tape as soon as we're done recording here as one of my f- more final evals at linebacker darian beavers yeah has uh dropped off the radar a little bit as we've gotten closer to draft time i mean it's again we we, we let a lot of things dictate uh, our perception Athleticism, testing, all that was probably what happened here. Yeah. Because again, he, as a Sam, like rushing and playing by the line of scrimmage, I like that a lot. And he just kind of just made plays. So if that's that, if, 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 if Lloyd's not the Belichick guy, Beavers is. Yeah. I can so see that. So, yeah. I mean, I, so Beavers, anyone else? I, I feel like this is a little bit shallower, but if we want to hit a more few more names before we get mm-hmm. out of here. The Oklahoma kid and then. Asamoah. Yeah.
2: Maybe you could talk about Bernard as well. I've seen people with him as number three as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think Asamoah and Bernard are similar. Obviously, they're both like 225. This is undersized. Yeah. Space guys run and chase. You're going to either dip blocks or you're in trouble. Um. So... Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at Wills and and we're looking at, like, okay, overhang, run and chase, all this stuff in JOK-type roles on defenses, day three, I'd be turning to either of these guys. Because Asamo is a, a dang good tackler and plays his butt off every play. And, again, he's not big enough to be in a role that, you know, Chanel will play or Beavers will play. Maybe even, again, if he's healthy and can play again, Damon Clark, like I won't be in any of those roles, but space with his tackling ability, I'm excited for a guy like, like Asamoah Bernard, maybe a little bit less, but again, he's in that same vein of, this is where you're going to have to succeed. You're going to have to be a will. You're going to have to overhang. You're going to have to you know, show off that instincts, that closing speed and coverage, because that's who, that's who you are. And that's, again, you have to find that role and both these guys are going to have to be special teamers too. They're going to have to contribute early on special teams and work their way in. Because again, if you're the, if you're the, the Browns and you're sticking with that type of player and you want depth, then Asamo is on their board. Yeah. He's 22 just over and and he will be like a month into 22 uh when the second day of the draft begins yeah. so if he's a day three player they take that doesn't shock me at all if they don't like to if tony fields isn't doesn't pan out at all and you need the guy behind jok that's the guy for them is Asamoah 100 who i would take there um just as a fit for them so yeah i mean those are two guys that they're they're going to do the same but michael mcfadden's the other one who can like
2: yeah, I was just about to mention him. There's, like, McFadden, Sanborn, even... I mean, I know he's really far down with the injuries, and he does not do well in pass coverage, but a guy like Nate Landman's decent. as yeah. like, a special teams guy, pure run defender.
1: Yeah, it's very but. true. Uh, we didn't talk about Brandon Smith from Penn State. Just realized that. Um, this is... It's just athlete over player. <sighs> I... It's such a coach-up thing. It's just a coach-up thing, man. I I just don't want to let the athleticism, the athletic testing that knew was going to be a fantastic get to you. That's the thing.
2: He's decent. I think he can – obviously, he's super young, so he can develop. But, like, there were plays where I was just like, what are you doing? The athleticism is easy to see, but, like, the run – he misses a lot of tackles and everything. It was just kind of honestly – at the time when I did my scouting report on him, he was super high on people's boards. And I went into it with high expectations and it just did not happen.
1: Yeah, see, that's the other thing with the scout in relative and perception driving, unfortunately. Yeah. But like, yeah, you can't tackle as, as, as poorly as he does. Because again, the thing is, is he'll take himself out of place, right? And then it's like, okay, well, you have the athleticism to recover. You better tackle if that's going to consistently happen.
2: Yeah.
1: And he doesn't. So, yeah, but I'm excited. I'm excited for, for, uh, for Troy Anderson. Cause so <laughs> I feel like he might crack my top five. after.
2: I think he will. On how the Honestly,
1: does because of, I have
2: Harris just a little bit over him. Okay. Slightly, but not by much. If I think it's like one. point. So we'll see a lot
1: of variance in ranking these linebackers yeah i pff uh, showing the the absolute just it's a it's a crapshoot every round at linebacker basically in terms of hit rate just rank just rank your guys who you like basically uh don't worry about you know perception of where they're going yeah so yeah that's gonna do it for this episode of it's always draft season uh mason we got through a lot with there was a lot of information we threw at you guys with the front seven and it's a long one so uh yeah you know if you got a long commute hope you enjoyed it uh if you <laughs> didn't then i hope you enjoyed it in two parts or you're just sitting around the evening and, and and listening as the draft gets super close probably when you're hearing this we will have one more show before the draft then it will be a ton of breakdown and reaction after that yes um, so i hope you guys are excited for all that breakdown we'll definitely obviously have a packers focused part of it but every team's gonna get no, at least thoughts if we're not going to grade everything. Yes. We might grade everything. What are our grades? But, you know, every <laughs> team will have a breakdown of their draft and what we thought. So, hope you guys are excited for it. We are almost here. And um, for Mason and myself, uh, you can follow Mason at... Thompson22Mason
2: Thompson 20. on Twitter. And then do a lot of stuff for Primetime Sports Talk for a draft. Just finishing up final reports. Not as much as I want to do this year, but we're getting there.
1: Yeah, you can follow me at Draft doing stuff at NFL mocks. I've got about like nine mocks left to do for teams. So that should be a fun uh, way to spend things up to the draft. Then got some wow. receiver stuff uh, coming out for, for rise and draft as we lead up here, those will be fun to, to, to kind of peruse through if you want to get into some finer details of the receiver position, but yes, it's going to be fun. I think we're both doing draft shows actually. Yes. Um, so Thursday, Friday. So if you want to get multiple perspectives, that'll be a place to go as well. So we will get out of here. We will catch you guys in the next one. See ya.